Welcome to In Your Head with Lee Richardson. And I have got the unstoppable Frankie Picasso today on the show. And Frankie is an amazing woman. She's an international socialpreneur. She's a talk show host. She's a champion for change. She's been transforming lives and influencing culture for the past 30 years. Professionally, she's a certified life, business, and master coach trainer. She's an author, just released a new book a couple of months ago. She's an artist. She's an activist. She just happens to specialize in the impossible. Frankie was the first professional female kickboxing promoter in the world and managed a 12-time ISKA welterweight champion. As a founder of the Good Radio Network, Frankie is the host of Mission Unstoppable Radio, Frankie Sense, and more. In 2018, Frankie included the Good Media Network, her TV channel, to her network. Everything that Frankie is involved in has social impact built in. And the TGRN is one vehicle for social impact, and her artwork is another. So, Frankie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, and I, thank you. I just have to know, what does unstoppable really mean? <laughs> That's kind of funny. I was, it, it's funny how I got that moniker, but it ended up being a real life-saving mantra, really. Um, I was teaching at the International Coach Academy, and one of the uh, other instructors, we just got chatting one day, and I had, I had um, it's probably, I don't know, was it, but a year out of a very serious motorcycle accident, and I'd been in the hospital for six months, and I was in a lot of pain, and I, I had a lot of hardware, and one of the hard pieces of hardware in my leg broke, and so I was walking on a broken leg because I couldn't get surgery for a year to fix that, and and so she just went, oh, my God, I never would have hurt you know, known that you're in pain. It doesn't show up in your voice. It doesn't seem like it when you're uh, teaching classes. And she goes, you're just unstoppable. And I go, you know what, I'm going to take that because through the years, it's really kind of helped me um, maintain when, you know, you might have wanted to give up because of, you know, pain or whatever was going on. And uh, so it works. Sometimes it's not good because people go, but you're supposed to be unstoppable. But you know what, I don't think you have to be unstoppable in every area of your life. I think that Though to use it to my advantage, it's I can do this. I'm unstoppable. Absolutely. And that is, that's a great story. I love a good story. <laughs> and, you know, when you hear social impact, I mean, when I hear social impact, I used to think of, oh, Habitat for Humanity. They're building houses. And, mm-hmm. and, but we've, we've come to recognize that it's so much more than just that. I mean, I did a little bit of research and found that, you know, we know that an increasing number of co- consumers, they look for products that have a positive impact on the world in some capacity. Mm-hmm. 90% of the millennials say they will switch to a cause-branded product when choosing between two brands of equal quality and price. And 51% of global consumers will pay extra for products and services that are committed to positive social and environmental impact. So when you talk about social impact, what does that mean for you? Well, first of all, I love that you found that out. And I really um, I really admire companies that have corporate responsibility offices. Um, and it's it's a little bit, I'm not going to say it's new, but it's new-ish in the last, you know, maybe um, 10 years or so. Uh, you know, organizations have been really looking at how they can, uh, in, in a broader spectrum, how they can how they can get involved, and and they make their business plans with that plan in mind. One of the original um, 
organizations, Tom's Shoes, they've, they've been doing it for a long, long time. And, you know, you buy a pair of shoes, you send a pair of shoes to a child who doesn't have one in Nicaragua or someplace like that. That's just a beautiful way to um, have a business and, and build it into your business and your business planning so that you don't worry about it. It's already just there. This is what we do as a, as a corporation. These are our values. And as a coach, values are really important to me. It's one of the first things I ask a client is what do you value? And so when values can be in alignment with the people who work for you uh, and who buy from you, that's, you know, that's huge. For me, um, I've always you know, social impact has always been really important to me, even from a young age and when I didn't even know what it was. Um, like you, I'm an animal lover and just making sure that um, that there's no kill shelters or, or that, you know, uh, I give my, I mean, I give money to everything. <laughs> my kid's like, stop giving money away. But it's like, I can't help myself. I just want to do this. But one, one thing that really impacted me, Lee, greatly was back in, in 2015, um, my husband and I loved to go to the movies, and there was a commercial on at around the same time as I as I was starting the Good Radio Network, and the commercial was from the uh, United Nations about their global goals. And in 2015, world leaders from 193 countries got together, and they developed a program. These and they called it the Sustainable Development Goals. Um, they were officially adopted by the 193 countries, and these 17 goals were going to be um, completed by 2030. So that's, that's only 10 years from now. There's um, 195 countries in the world and 193 of them agreed. And the one that, you know, what, the one country that, you know, wasn't on board is kind of, it's called the Holy See. That's the Pope's country. That's the Vatican. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's kind of funny in a way. But, that is. And Kosovo was the other one. But, you know, that, that's pretty amazing that all of these countries in the world thought that this was important enough to do. And that social impact, you know, is for all of us because it's not just the, peop- the poor people who don't have water. All of us need water. It's not just, you know, people in third world countries that don't have food. All of us need food. And there's a lot of people in North America who uh, need food. And so, you know, clean water and affordable energy and all of those things are are part of those goals. And I think that they're absolutely amazing. And so when I started the Good Radio Network, I said, I am going to make sure that people know about these goals, that the program is addressing these goals, and that I have people on who are impacting those goals because I want to impact those goals. I think they're absolutely amazing. So when Frankie Sense, um, I started Frankie Sense, it was... the shows were aligned for that because I wanted to make sure that um, I, I could impact in, in such a way that these global goals would be um, enhanced or, or at least, you know, implemented or, and people knew about them. So that's really, really important to me. So that's kind of social impact is how we walk through this world and we want to see it and how we can influence that. So you, everybody hears about social media influencers, but, you know, what are they doing? They're influencing fashion or influencing some lipstick, but why aren't they influencing, you know, environment and, and all of the things that are super important, really? Those are just you know, frivolous things, really. Well, you know, it's really interesting. I have a son that just graduated from UNC in Chapel Hill. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) With an MBA in corporate social responsibility. Love it. That was very important to him. Um, you know, he's like, I don't want the MBA you have, Mom. I'll, you know, I want something that recognizes the importance. And when I learned that in September 2017, there were over 
2,251 certified B corporations, Mm. which means that they undergo a rigorous assessment to demonstrate that they focus on social good alongside profit. I was so impressed because these companies go across 130 industries or in 50 countries, and hopefully those numbers will just continue to increase. Yeah, I mean, I love that. And it's not just social B companies. When I, I, I used to work for the government, and my job was um, social um, advisor. Uh, it was a social advisor for spirit. And, and what that meant was addressing the 60,000 public employees that we had there and how going to work impacts their day and how we can make their day a little bit better. Because, you know, we go to work, but work doesn't stop you know, when we come back home and it doesn't, and it doesn't start when we leaving. I mean, it's all like, everything is affected. Our home life is affected and our work life is affected. So how can I make things better for, for these employees um, so that both of their lives, you know, can mesh and, and, and be good for them? That's social impact too. And so I think that's really important. I think you make a really good point. In social impact, it doesn't have to be something grand. It's no. very it's very simple. It impacts the, your well-being and how you function in your daily life. There was a woman, um, oh, there was a story about her. She used to sit by her window, and she would wave at the children as they went to school. And these kids loved to wave back, and, and they, she was an institution. And, you know, that's social impact. These kids felt safe. They knew she was watching out for them. She was waving at them. And one day when she wasn't there, the kids got a little bit worried. And the second day she wasn't there, they told their parents, and they go, go and, you know, knock on her door, see what's going on with her, because they got worried about her. And that's social impact. Social impact happens in lots of different ways. You know, it's amazing because those kids were probably, you know, nine or 10 years yep. old. Yeah. And at that age, just to really appreciate how important that is. And that's one thing that I see continuing to develop is the appreciation and the, the understanding because a part of it's the cultural differences and how that rolls out. Well, I think compassion is something that we need to teach our children. And I know like with my grandchildren, um, I, I took them to the donkey sanctuary. And for Christmas, I, I would buy each of them, buy them, uh, you support a donkey. And I said, you know, here's a catalog, go through it, pick out your donkey. And in the springtime, summer, we'll, we'll go and visit your donkey. And, you know, so we supported this donkey. They got, we knew that they were going to get fed and, and they were going to have, you know, a nice life there at the sanctuary uh, because we were helping them. And and so in the springtime, we went and we and we visited their donkeys and they loved that. Like, but it, it's like real, in, they get to see it in action. Here's the picture, you know, here we're going to support them. We're going to feed them because you want to get fed too. And then we go and we just visit them and they're like, oh, that's my donkey. And, and you know, I helped. So I, that's a, it's a learning experience. Um, I think you, you do need to learn to, to teach compassion. And right now there's a lot of compassion fatigue. And, you know, that that's what a lot of, you know, the, um, the nonprofits go through every year is like, nobody wants to give anymore they've heard it like they they just become hardened to it or, or it's just too much for people um to put on their plate it's too much stress for them i don't want to know about it anymore and so you know donations go down and things like that but right now with covid um it's a reset it's a time for reset and i think one of the really interesting things about covid that we saw was that even in as short as like three to four weeks we saw how the environment um <clears throat> excuse me was was positively impacted by the corporations not you know blowing out smoke and pollution you know they saw the swans come back in venice and they saw the you know the mountains in tibet and they saw all kinds of wonderful 
you know, snippets of what can happen if we pay attention uh, to this, to this, you know, what's going on right now, and that we can impact the, the environment. People go, oh, what can we do? We can't do anything. And and when I was starting my show, that was a question. I, I was kind of doing a download from God, and I said, you know, what do you want me to do? What's my new show? And they're like, go and find people that are asking, you know, what can I do? And then show them what one person can do. And it's amazing to think that one person can be a world changer. Yes. We're all world changers. Absolutely. We really are. I mean, we don't all have, have you know, we're not all Malala's and, and, and we have, um, uh, sorry, I just went out of my head what she got, but, you know, uh, but, but that's okay. We don't have to. We can, but we, just like the lady who sat in the window and waved, that's a world changer. That's purpose. Everybody that has a purpose and her purpose was to enlighten the lives of those children that walk by. Yeah. How simple, but how effective. Yes, yes. And and so I think that social impact is something that we can all think about and it's something that we can all do. And if you think about, you know, if I want to leave my imprint on the world. What is it that I want to leave behind? What is my legacy for me or for my family? Um for even those that don't know me, do I want to have a legacy or not? Um, but if you do, then social impact is exactly the way that um, you can leave that legacy. And you just think about what is it that I'm good at or what is it that is, you know, is, am I passionate about? Maybe it's, it's, you know, planting a tree. You know, they say that we each of us, if each of us planted like 20 trees or something um, a year, then we would reforest and, and, we'd be able to breathe and the carbon dioxide would be, you know, down and all that kind of stuff. So that is um, impactful if that's something that you're good at. So when did you start, Frankie, when you were a kid, did you have, were you looking for ways to make life better for other people? When I was a kid, I was a real rebel and <laughs> I was, I wrong was question. Rebel. huh? <laughs> well, I, I was very sensitive to, this situation with the Native Americans and with, you know, African Americans, and even though I live in Canada, th these were things that bothered me. Racism bothered me. It bothered me that land was taken away from people. It bothered things, you know, people jailed, in, you know, who, who weren't supposed to be in jail. Those are issues. And so I was going to be this journalist who was going to go out and, you know, blather and tell the world about all these wrongs and make them right. Uh, it was, I've always been there. Well, I think it always, it, it starts when we're young. It starts with what we value and what our cause is going to be. And as we mature and we, we see the impact that we can have with our cause, we refine and we reframe what mm -hmm. we think and how we think we're going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I, I don't know where it came from. I was born with it, I guess. Even just little animals. I mean, I remember... Every time I would see a dead animal on the road, I would pray. And I, I didn't go to church. I mean, we weren't, we didn't do that. But I don't know where it came from, but I did it. Is it a past life thing? I don't know. But it was like, well, I still do it. Yeah, so, I still do it too. But <laughs> I still, you know, I, sometimes I feel like they need to, they need to be lifted up mm -hmm. and I'm there to help them. So there you go. And, yeah. And, it can be as simple as that because we're nothing but frequencies mm -hmm. and the spirit is around us and frequencies and just being aware. Uh, sometimes I feel so good after I help that little squirrel move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, we are energy bodies and energetic bodies and energy and 
when we tap into that energy, it's it's really phenomenal. And that's all we're doing when we're doing social impact is really just feeling the energy and feeling where our heart can can do the best work that it can, um, and wh- where we are, you know, as an individual. And, but as a business, you know, that that's similar but different, um, but just a bigger scale. Really, you know, I think that we both share the love of animals, and Operation mm-hmm. Kindness has been my kind of give back. And I know you you've done a lot with animals, mm-hmm. and they're the most grateful, and it just takes my breath away. Right, I, I had the last four dogs I've had have been they've been rescue dogs, and there's just something, a level of humbleness that I've never seen and gratitude the way that they that when I walk in the room and they look at me it's just like oh thank you so much uh, yeah well animals are you know masters of intuitive communication and and so that energy thing that we talked about that's all about energy and they read our energy and they know who's good and who's not good and they they are grateful and they're letting you know all the time you know that they just want to be your friend and they're just so happy that you took them in and that you're their friend and um it's it's amazing. I mean, I I absolutely just adore animals. Always have, always will. <laughs> well, you know what I find interesting with social impact? It a lot of it has to do with what do we pay attention to? Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned earlier, we can get there's there's so much fake news that's out there. I love the internet. Mm-hmm. It's it's my enemy and it's my best friend. Yeah. Um, because there's so much information out there, but it's important as to what we pay attention to and how do we validate the information that we see coming in. Um, because I've seen great things on the internet and I've seen stories that I find, oh, that can't be true. And just because it has a .org at the right. end doesn't mean that it is true. And I think it's really important that a lot of people read and pass on without checking. And that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. It's a really good point that you make because um, I've seen people send things around that are pretty inflammatory. And then when you go and you check it on Snopes, I usually go to Snopes and check. Um, it's been coming around for like 10 years and it was just had changed its form, but it wasn't true. And I think, you know what, sometimes you send out things um, – that are pretty harmful to people that, that are inflammatory or could hurt them. Even just like, you know, um, that drug that's going around there by, you know, who, um, that, that, you know, it's, it's kind of unconscionable to start supporting something. You're not a doctor. You, you don't know what's going to hurt people, and what's not going to hurt them. And even if you had an exercise program, they usually say, go and ask your doctor if it's okay for you. We're all individuals. That's no, not good for everybody. The hydroxychloroquine. So it's just, you know, important that we don't spread things out there that we, A, don't know about and, and B, haven't checked out. Well, and I think that we will go through times of uncertainty. We have before mm-hmm. and, and we will again. And we're when we're in that time of uncertainty, we're just grabbing on to what comes at us and what's easy instead of stopping and really saying, is this is this valid? I mean, people, I'm a neurotherapist, I'm a psychotherapist, and people will always come in and say, I read, let me tell you what I read on, you know, on the web. And I'll say, stop. Because mm-hmm. where did you get it? There's Harvard Health, which is excellent. There's Mayo Clinic. There's Stanford. There's so Cleveland Clinic. There's so many good resources out there. But we have to just, 
stop and think about what information we're bringing into our life because whatever that information brings we bring in that impacts us and how we view our social impact that's right that's right and you know one of the like I have social impact built in like you like we talked about with my art so when I do a painting um usually of an animal uh, I do custom paintings of animals, and, and, and the money that from those animals goes to pay for cleft palate surgery for a child. Um, that's the flow. And so, you know, I think, okay, well, what do I want to do with, with, in this area of my life or that area of my life? And, and so, um, you know, you choose what's important to you. And I think for me, that, that cleft palate surgery was a quick win. It was like a 45-minute surgery where somebody actually gets their life back because in a lot of the countries, they're just thrown out of the village or, you know, they're told to go away because they look funny or they'll never get married because they look funny and, and they'll always be a drain on the family. But with this little fix, you know, they can now, uh, you know, be nourished and they're going to look kind of normal and they're going to have a future. And so I think, wow, that that's a big impact for a little you know, just a little bit of money. And and uh, so that's kind of how I, I, I like to look at look look at things like that too so when people are thinking about um you know what's true and what's not true there there are scams out there but you have to do your own research and you have to look and you know find out from as many sources as you can is this for real uh because there's a lot of people just taking money and don't do anything there was somebody was asking for money for the military a long couple years ago and one of the big grocery stores and when i asked them i said well how much of this donation goes to them and it was like i think it was something like five or ten cents out of the two dollars that actually went to the to the um the cause that they were you know getting money for and the rest goes to the store i'm like are you kidding me like that's unconscionable but that's how things are done so you have to be careful and just don't fall into the traps well, I read on your website about your donation and for the surgery, and I thought mm-hmm. I was surprised for two hundred and fifty dollars, mm-hmm. you could be you could create that level of life change. I know, isn't that amazing? It is amazing. Makes me want to go buy a, a painting. <laughs> well, you can buy a painting, or you can just give two hundred fifty. They have a catalog, and it, it, which this is like a this was through Mercy Ships, and it's kind of amazing when you think here's a catalog, and I can go through a catalog and go to set a broken leg, to you know do this or to do that. It's X number of dollars, and it's broken up into dollars. Like I can heal somebody for this. Well, one of the, one of the, the the causes that was really um, really impact me was was it's called VVF, vesicovagular fistula, and so that happens rather frequently, um, especially in younger girls who um, who are pregnant and and about to give birth, and in countries where they don't have obstetricians who can do. Uh, surgery to to help uh, you know a baby that's stuck in the canal so what happens is they have to wait for that baby to it'll die because it can't come out then they have to wait weeks for it to atrophy um, so they can actually deliver that fetus because it's stuck and they're too narrow uh, to, to actually let it let it go out so it's kind of um a horrific thing so what happens is 
because the baby's atrophying, it's burning, it's burning a hole through um, the rectum and the uterus and all that. And there's all this leaks and it smells and it's horrible. And so not only has this girl just gotten married and, and gotten pregnant, now her family, everybody's throwing her out of the village. Her husband doesn't want her anymore. The family doesn't want her anymore. She's like, this happy event now is, you know, a horrible thing that has happened to her for the rest of her life. But for $500, they can do surgery and they can fix it all. That is amazing. Where yeah. do you where do you get this catalog? Well, this this is I mean, there's all kinds of like Operation Smile has one. I think this is Mercy Ships that I that um I've I've gone through. So Mercy Ships has a catalog, and there's other other organizations online that have catalogs. Like if you you can buy a goat and two chickens or something for a family, right. you know that yep. kind of thing. They can get a sewing machine or they can uh, do do things with with their land. So, but those are opportunities, and for us, it's like nothing. Really, you know, um, but for them, it's huge. It's huge. I went to a concert one year with my husband. I, I think it was, um, oh, who was playing? Sarah McLaughlin. And so she she had uh, she was she was raising money for for uh, children through was it United not not United Nations but um, oh I can't remember who they are. Well, world world. Is it world something? Anyway, one of the organizations. So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, we got to get another child. And then, you know, four kids later, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but that's, that's, you know, who I am. I, I don't know when to stop. But well, if it's not that hard, like, it should be a little bit of a hardship for me. It should be, you know. I mean, it's not like i got money to throw around. But at the same time, I've got a warm bed. I've got food in my belly. My kids have food in their bellies. Nobody's hurting over here. So nobody's out help. on the streets. Nobody's yeah. health is in real danger. And there's, you know, it's the simple things that we really need to stop and appreciate. And in the last few months with unemployment rising to in the States, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Worse than it's like 20% is a number I heard. And that really makes me think about the social impact and what yes. can I do to help those people and or how do I, and as a th- psychotherapist, there yep. certainly are ways to do it. Um, working with first responders is something that I've just started. And I think nice. that that's, because those, I don't know how they do what they do. I know. And they, and they do it over and over and over. And the trauma that they see on a daily basis, you know that trauma lives in the subconscious. And we'll all tell ourselves, oh, I don't want to think about that today. I I, I can't think about that today. But in the subconscious, it keeps Mm -hmm. playing over Over. and over and over. So, you know, it's interesting to stop and think about what role does the brain play and people that are making social impact decisions. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. It is interesting. And, you know, my first thing that comes to mind is, oh, well, must be that right side brain, those people that are making emotional decisions. Um, but then I see, well, yeah, there's there's some beauty in that. So I want you to think on that, Frankie, because we're going to sure. take a little break. And when we come back, we'll maybe just put our heads together and I'll get in your head, and we'll just see what we can figure <laughs> out about how does the brain impact those social impact decisions? Because it is a decision mm-hmm. that we make, that we make to give, and how we give, and where we give. All of those are choices 
that we make with the brain. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Be it Christmas cookies, turkey, eggnog, or pecan pie, the holidays are full of delicious food. Food shows up in places that it never does during the year, whether it's at the office, on your doorstep, or the feast on your dining room table. It's hard to resist the temptation of eating all the time, from Thanksgiving to New Year's. But food does not have to be the focus of the season. Even though there is good food all around us, I concentrate on teaching my children that the heart of the holidays is not the food, but everything that the season stands for. The focal point needs to be the reason for the season and being with the people that you love. If you've gotten off track and think that food is the center of the holidays, it's time to change your focus and center in on the right reason that we celebrate. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. You're back in your head with Lee Richardson and Frankie Picasso, and we are going to talk a little bit about the the role that the brain plays in making decisions on social impact. What do you think? How do you decide what to give to? How much to give to? Where to give? So, Frankie, talk to me. You know, it's interesting as as we just came in and the thought just, just flew into my head. Social impact and the brain and the choices that we make. And people think that they don't have a choice. But just think about the elections for a moment. If you don't, if you choose not to vote for somebody, that's a social impact choice. Ooh. And if you choose to vote, that's a social impact choice. So you are actually in charge of of your life in everything that you do. People, people for the most part, and you, you could probably support me on this, Lee, is that they tend to blame others for the things that go on in their life. Absolutely. And, and yet they don't understand when they blame other people, they're giving away their power. And when they, when they accept that responsibility for, you know, what, what's going on in their life, then they've got all their power back and people can't do a thing to them. So I just love the idea of being able to make a choice as a coach. I love choices. Um, and so how, how do we choose uh, wh- where we're going to be impactful and how do we choose how much? 
it's a personal choice. It's also, you know, if you're married, it might be um, a choice you have with your partner. But I, I, I think that I always say that, you know, we come into this world alone and we leave alone. And so the things that we, our legacy, that legacy that we leave, well, even if it's a spiritual legacy, um, we have to do that for ourselves. We absolutely do. And the choice is happiness is a choice. Mm-hmm. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. What you pay attention to every day, we have positive and negative events in our life. Mm-hmm. Research shows that we have three times more positive than we do negative. But what are we paying attention to? Always the negative. Always. Always the negative. I don't, and some people will say, well, if I think about you know, what can go wrong, then I mitigate those things. Or if I think about it, then things will go right and I won't be unhappy. It's kind of a silly argument because I, you know, I, I'm of the of the ilk that if you manifest it, if you, you know, the unstoppable, then you will be. I expect people to be kind, then they will be. I expect people to treat me well, then they do. It's expectation of in, of intention. Well, you have to inspect what you expect. Mm-hmm. And I think I like that. that. We have to stop and think about what our expectations are and let people know. I, as a, as a psychotherapist, I'll work with people that have relationship issues. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's because they, each one has a different expectation. And so, they think their partner's a mind reader. Right. <laughs> or, or, yeah, a fortune teller, you know? Right, right. And, and I saw on Harvard Health is one of my favorite little spots on the web. Sure. And I read there that 80% of us are either lost in the past, we're rambling around back there, or we're worried about the future. Mm-hmm. And if you're lost in the past or worried about the, the future, you're not, you're not staying present in the moment. And if you're not staying present, when you think about your own impact, it's very limited. Yes. Yeah. I like that. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, that that's what that um, Eckhart Tolle book was all about, The Power of Now. It, it's about being in the present moment. And all you, all you can do, I mean, you can't worry about the now. You can worry about the future, but you can't worry about the now. And so when you're in the now, you can make choices that are good for you in this moment. And make choices that are good for other people. Yes. And I think that's kind of where we get into the social impact, because I can always tell you what I want. Uh, I'm ashamed to say that, but I can. I can Mm -hmm. always tell you what I want. Why would you be ashamed? Well, because I should be thinking a little more broadly. What does my family want? Yeah, but, you know, you're the heart of that family, probably. And so the things that you want impact. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. But it, but it is it it's thinking about what we can do for other people, instead mm-hmm. instead of just what we can do for ourselves. But I, I tell a lot of clients, why don't you treat yourself as kindly as you treat other people? Yeah, we sure don't. I mean, we sometimes we're our own worst enemy, and in such a way that I I know that I have caught myself being so cruel to myself, and actually crying because of you know the words that I threw at myself. And I'm like, why are you talking to yourself that way? You would never talk to somebody else like that, never in a million years. So I don't know what gives me the right to be able to talk to me that way. You don't have that right. I don't have that right, and neither do I. But does that mean I'm going to stop it? Immediately, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Well, trying's lying. You got to do it. 
That's right. There you go. That's the unstoppable. It's yeah. not I'm going to try. It's I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. It, it's it's important. You know, it's very, very important. One of the things um, we were talking about the choices that you make and what makes people do good things or, or what, you know, social impact. And, and I, I'm going to bring up my daughter for a moment. My daughter, um, she's nine, she's a 911 operator. So first respond. And she's hearing all this horrible stuff all the time. And like her nerves are just on the last edge, really. But she was also volunteer of the year. She must, you know, find a hundred causes to work for and deliver stuff to and, and create opportunities for. And it's like, wow, like, where does all this come from? And I guess, you know, it has to come from, from how she was brought up and saw her mother do stuff. Maybe, I don't know, but she really does, um, amazing and go overboard so what makes her do that it, there's a validation that makes her feel good you know i'm I assuming th- <laughs> i think though you you make a good point we all we copy pay behavior that we've seen modeled yes. as we've grown up and i think there's probably something to that and it touches it touches her sense of her core her core being to give back it's who she is. And, you know, all, all of my kids are kind of like that, you know, with the rescue dogs and, and all of that, too. So I, I think that we talked about, you know, te- um, the idea of teaching compassion. Well, you teach your children all of this stuff, and, you sh- and we should be. And they don't teach it in the school, unfortunately. Um, maybe they used to. I can't even remember. But I think that there is, you know, there used to be um, – an opportunity to talk about social good. And maybe, you know, maybe a while ago, the churches used to do that, but they're, they're, they don't do that anymore. Um, I don't think so. Not in a real way. Um, no, no, they don't. But I think some of the universities are, I think the, uh, there's a university, I believe it's Philadelphia. They've got a social good program going. Um, when I was Googling social impact, I was amazed that there really there, there's some structure that's been put in place to help to help as we educate our young people, to help them to understand that this is something that they can do as a business leader and as an individual. I mean, it can be done on all levels. Well, you know, you talk about the brain, and so when we do something um, once. It becomes easier to do something like that again. And, you know, the, the brain is like there's like a servo meter in, in our in our head. And so it goes, oh, yeah, I recognize that. You, used to do, you did something like that last week. Not exactly the same, but it's kind of similar. So I can figure out how to make that happen for you. And, and there you go. So now we know how to do that. So once you've done it, it becomes easier and easier to make that choice to do it again. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I thank you for bringing up the brain because anytime you do something and you like it, the brain starts kicking out dopamine and that's a neurotransmitter and it's a really feel good neurotransmitter. So mm-hmm. when you do things that bring that you like doing, it does make you feel good on a physiological level. It's just not, oh, I saw her smile at me or I saw him mm-hmm. wave at me. It's, it creates some changes in your biology that really do make you feel good. And that in itself is a great reason for an act of kindness. Yeah. I, d- I don't know if they do it down there, but we have, um, we have a, a coffee donut shop on every single corner in in Canada called Tim Hortons. And a lot of mornings, you know, people will go and I'll go or other people will go and they'll pay, they'll pay for the people behind them. 
It's like, oh, I'll pay for that car behind whatever the order is. I'll just give you the money and, you know, and, and off they go. Not looking for a reward or anything. But boy, does it sure make that person's day feel good. It makes them feel special. Yeah. And you get up there and they go, oh, it's all paid for. And you're like, what? That's nice. Thank you. That is that is such a lovely act of kindness. And how simple is that? And yeah. probably, what does it cost? Five dollars? Yeah. Five bucks, maybe. Maybe, maybe ten if they've got a big family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not a big, it's a big, it's, it's a nice gesture, not a huge deal, but still, it is a big deal because what you did to that person's day was ginormous. And thank you for sharing that example because that shows this, how social impact can exist on such a minute level. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, that's nothing. But for the person behind you, that maybe they were debating whether or not to get donuts because they really shouldn't be spending the money that day, it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Or even when you you know you go to a, you you go and you're shopping and and stores have water bowls out for dogs or treats, you know, for them like that. You just feel good. Like, thank you for remembering that. Thank you for, you know, thinking my dog's going to be thirsty on my walk. That's a great example. We've, you know, uh, things in Dallas, Texas were shut down for a while. And I I am a gym rat. Mm -hmm. And for about seven weeks, I could not go to the gym. So I would get out every day and walk and walk for an hour. And I've always walked my dogs. Mm -hmm. But there's one street a lady has always had treats out for the animals. And so... For a while, she stopped, and then when things got a little better, she had she individually bagged the dog treats. Isn't that awesome? There were small treats and large treats, and it made my day. Now, I don't take my dogs for my exercise walk because mm-hmm. they, they have to smell everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I always made sure I swung by that house and just yeah. picked up a little treat for them. Oh. So for, for those of you that are listening and you're thinking about, you know, what can I do that, not one, doesn't cost a lot of money, and two, doesn't take a lot of time, and three, is not extremely difficult. There's tons of things that you could do. There really are. I mean, it's it's like um, I, I know some um, some young young people who who are learning to crochet, and so they've crocheted you know little little like tiny little blankets for for cats in the shelter, you know, Aww. just things like that, right? That 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 makes them cuddly and just gives them a friend or gives them something warm and to you know rub up against, which is really sweet. And so there's lots of kids who are home right now who could learn to crochet or knit and take a little blanket or something or even a little animal that they've that they've made, you know, out of wool or somebody's discarded wool even um, to the animal shelter because the little ones just need, you know, some warmth and comfort. Well, in our neighborhood, they had when it first went into shutdown, uh, all the kids put a stuffed toy in the window whether it was a teddy bear or or whatever and so i think it was a sign of just being able to unify and you know just say you may be isolated but you're not alone Mm -hmm. and so i actually took one of my dog's toys (laughs) because i don't have any kids you know i don't have any stuffed animals but it was pretty tacky after a few days my husband said i think you need to take that down oh well your dog's supporting them you know uh, it's kind of funny that you say that <laughs> I think that's pretty funny, but it's sweet. But you know, now look at birthday parties. I don't know what they're doing in Texas, but here, um, you know, 
sometimes even the fire department or the the police are doing um just doing a little parade around the house with everybody in their cars and, and, you know, families in their cars all decorated. So the child's standing on the lawn and they, they just do like a little parade for them uh, because they can't have a party right now. Well, you know, down, down in Texas, it's graduating time. Yes. And, and some of the things, the stories that I've heard, there was a principal and I don't even remember what school it was, but he went and he visited every senior's home. Now he wore a mask, yeah. and but he snapped a picture with him, Aww. but every senior, he visited them personally. And I heard a story on the radio of a, a lady, it was a university, and they had a, a graduating class of 600. And the, the, a lady on the staff just so wanted to do something to say, hey, spend four years or five years of college. Yeah. We got to do something. So she got eight friends and they got a list of the 600 seniors that were graduating and they bought a lot of chalk <laughs> <laughs> and they chalked every name right along the path that the, the seniors would have walked. Isn't that special? That really is. I mean, who? no one else will be remembered that way. No. I mean, that's just amazing. And that's, you know, that's somebody's choice. They sat at home and they said, we got to do something. I got to do something. I need to be impactful. And that is social impact in the greatest of ways. You're going to make me cry with that one. Well, I think I think it maybe comes down to the belief. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can do something if I make the choice. Right. And a, and a lot of times it's like, oh, you know, I've had a rough week at work, and I really just want to chill. I really don't, you know, I really don't want to do anything. And then you need to ask yourself, who are you helping? Because but you, I'm sorry, you, you you know, when you're not feeling that great. When you help other people, you feel a lot better. Absolutely. That's just common knowledge. You just do. So if you're sitting at home feeling sorry for yourself and you're thinking, geez, I shouldn't be sitting here feeling sorry for myself, do something for somebody else and you're going to feel so much better. Well, so much Frankie, better. If somebody wanted to just start a small, you've done painting, you've done all kinds of projects that have social impact. But if somebody just wanted to, to, to do something on a smaller level, do you have any suggestions for them? Well, they could look up charities that they like. They could look up, um, look around their neighborhood, look at the churches. What are people, what do they need? What does the dog pound need? What, you know, do they need food? Do they need toys? Do they need somebody to walk? Do they need someone to clean? Um, you know, are there seniors in your, in your area who can't go shopping? Like, can you do something for them? Uh, there's just so much need right now, you know, um, and, and maybe, maybe it's, you know, to come up with some games and, 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 and tell people, this is what you can do with your kids right now. Cause like, no, they're driving you crazy. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, there, there's something for everybody and, and people um, can share their knowledge and share the, the, that wealth of knowledge with others. Even if it's not, even if it's just a suggestion, it doesn't even have to be something physical that's manifested. It could just be a suggestion. I know that I have a friend in Tyler, Texas who homeschools her children. And so she put, she, she wrote out exactly how she did it for parents who've never thought about having to homeschool and, and gave them course, the course load for the last, you know, couple of months. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's just sharing her knowledge. That's, that's sharing saying, her knowledge. She did it. Her kids are grown. But this is how I did it. This is what we did. And, you know, they all graduated and, and just shared because, you know, 
we talked about how, how there has to be structure with, with the kids still. They, they still need, you know, to get up and they, they still need to get dressed and they still need to have some structure in their day. It can't just be lay around in your pajamas because, you know, you can't go to school day. So, you know, why waste the opportunity to learn when you could be teaching them something of value rather than just, you know, here's a video game. I think you make some really good points. It's just look for a need. And mm-hmm. they're not hard to find. Mm-mm. Not you know, at all. They're they're all around us. And I that's a sad statement, but it's also a true statement. Yeah, when you're in a community, um, you know, there there's all kinds of organizations that you can call and and say, "Do you know somebody who has a need?" And they'll tell you. And even if it's you want to be a counselor on the on the kids help phone line or on a suicide line or you know, there's a lot of people who who are depressed. And what can you do to make their day better? Maybe just, call them. Even sending, and, and I did a CEU training for uh, working for people that work with people that have brain injuries. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, just follow up with them. Mm-hmm. Even, if it's, even if it's just a simple text. Hey, I hope you're having a great day. Because for with brain injury, the hard part is, is you're dealing with not only what the doctors have told you about, but they don't tell you everything. They don't tell you you're going to get depressed. They don't tell Mm -hmm. you you're going to get anxious. They tell you to focus on being able to put your socks on by yourself. And when you can do that, it's certainly a sense of accomplishment. But what about the depression? What about the anxiety? So just... Following up with people, reaching you know, you can do out. For people with a brain injury, you can send them post-it notes, whole bunches of them. Oh, that's a, friend, a great idea. Because they, they can't remember stuff, and they have to write notes to themselves, and so they post them all over the place. And so they're going to run out of notes. So send them post-it notes. That is a fabulous idea. Have some fun <laughs> with it. You can get the coolest colors now. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to be just yellow. That's right. They can be orange and blue and, and all con- all kinds of things. That's well you've it. done it you've done a lot in your thirty plus years. And when you look back, I mean you've written some books. Mm-hmm. When you look back, is there anything that really makes you proud? You know, you talked earlier, what am I gonna leave as my legacy? Is it is it any of your written work? Well, I have four books. And I, I think that my first book and my last book are probably my favorite books. Um, my first book is called Midlife Mojo, How to Get Through the Midlife Crisis and Emerge as Your True Self. And that, that book, that was a download, like spirit. That was just a total channel. Um, but I love it. And it, it is, talks about how to change. How, it's a prescription for change, basically. Uh, it, it, any, any age, but I targeted midlife because I was in midlife at the time. And my last book um, is called For Want of 40 Pounds. And that was a book about my father. And the 40 pounds is um, British money, not, not weight. And um, how he was a young man, uh, had just turned 13, and Hitler had come in. He, he lived in Vienna. And how he walked from Vienna um, 1500 kilometers through to Amsterdam and, and stowed away on a boat to England to try to save his family. So he walked with, um, no food, no clothes, no money. He had a compass, uh, took three months, this young man, you know, hiding, hiding by day and walking at night, um, and stealing food and, and clothes off clotheslines and, um, managed to do exactly what he set out to do. I see where you get it from. 
<laughs> I guess a little bit. Right. Thank, thank you for sharing that because, you know, it's the behavior that you saw modeled mm-hmm. and it, it, that I'm sure that has to inspire you on some level. Totally. Totally. He's my rock. Um, you know, my dad, my dad always told me that I could do or be anything I wanted. And I believed him and, you know, he never lied to me as far as I know. And so, um, I totally believe that. And I wish for every, especially women, especially girls, I hope that every girl has a dad just like him who will tell them that, you know, doesn't matter if you're a girl or a boy, you can do whatever you want. And you're like, I just hope that they have somebody in their life that yeah. does that, yeah. you know, because we can, we, it, it's a choice going back to those choices. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a choice that we can make to evolve. And, and I think that we do, we continue to, as we age, I know I have, um, I've had several different careers Yes, and kind of evolved into doing what I do because because something that happened to my son, he got hit by a car uh-huh. and that changed the way his brain was working. Right. And instead of putting him on medication, because medication really doesn't work for me, I went in search of what I could do. And that's how I, I found neuro. Is this the one that just graduated? Well, it's his twin. Okay. It's his twin. I have, but really I was just as worried about the one that just graduated because he saw it all. Yeah. And, you know, which is worse, to, to be the one that's hit by the car or to see your brother hit by a car? Right. So that's kind of helped me to, you know, to evolve and become who I am. And, I, you know, listen to your this, your last book. I can tell that, that that was from your heart. That truly it was. It totally was. You know, I, I had a friend who uh, I met in the hospital when I was in the hospital for six months who had a brain injury. Um, and he... I, I think when they found he had a motorcycle accident and, and I did too. And that's how he came to be. He had written a book about it. And they, when they first saw him, um, they did, you know, the scale. And I, I think his brain had, it was like wood. Like that was what was going on in, in him. And um, he worked really, 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 really hard to come back. And he had been a teacher. And he ended up after all of that to get his master's of education. Wow, that's a in, very inspiring, very inspiring story. He was, he was like, he had been a bodybuilder and, and he took all of that, you know, toughness, I guess, because it, it's such a hard thing to do, um, be a professional bodybuilder. And, and he put that into just like, that's, that's where the post-it notes came from because he had post-it notes everywhere because he couldn't remember from, you know, 10 minutes later, what, 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 what am I reading again? What's my name? Like he could, in the beginning, he couldn't remember anything. But Thank you for sharing that with us. That is, that's a very inspiring story. So, Frankie, if people want to learn more about you, if they want to reach out and contact you, how would they do that? Um, I mean, they could reach out as for you to have you as a speaker or oh, so many different things. Um, they can go to unstoppablefrankiepicasso.com, the website, or they could just write to Coach Picasso at rogers.com. I'm happy to uh, or find me on Facebook. Just look me up. Oh, I'm okay. everywhere. <laughs> so you mean the traditional social media outlets? Yeah, social media outlets. I'm always saying yes to everybody. Sure, come find me. <laughs> well, you just opened the door, lady, with that. Yeah, I'm sure. That's okay. But that's, that's just okay. goodness. That's goodness coming at everybody, you know. And and it, it's all about helping other people. And that's really the last comment I'm going to make is I wrote a book, turn your brain on to get your game on. And I wrote that book. So for people to understand that it is okay 
to not be okay. Love it, it. Is, it's all about helping other people. And I think that, that you do an amazing job of giving of yourself in so many different ways. And I, you've got me. I'm going to go online. I'm going to find a catalog that I can download and just find different ways to reach out and no matter how small the social impact is i know it's going to i know it's going to feel great thank you so much frankie for being thank with me today thank you Lee. i appreciate being on your show thank you so much i appreciate you